What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to All the Smoke, a production of The Black Effect and Our Heart Radio, in partnership with Showtime. Welcome back. Coming to you from New York. Another edition of All the Smoke. Jack, what's good? Man, let's continue to make this thing blow like we've been doing. Let's hey, not man, be hot rolling. right now. Let's keep it hot. We've been rolling, man. We got one of my favorites, someone to me who never got the, the respect and appreciation. I think a lot of us think he deserved. One Top of my five favorites. dead alive. Talk to him. Man, welcome to the show. Jada Kiss. Appreciate you, bro. What's up? Thank you Brody. for your time. What's happening? Brothers, man. Long time. I, it yeah. seemed like I should have been up there. Yeah, word. Come on, man. <laughs> word. Should have linked. Should have nah, been linked. Definitely appreciate y'all for having yeah. me on. So, Yonkers, uh, for those who know New York, sim- similar energy, completely different. Talk to us about your upbringing and uh, where you're from. Born and raised, Yonkers, New York. About 15, 20 minutes with traffic from the city. We always had a chip, you know. It's like a chip on our shoulder because they always, um, if you listen to the Ray, you know, rest in peace to Heavy D. He came out of Mount Vernon and he was like the first big thing out of Westchester. That's our area uh, as far as, you know, having entertainment success. And then um, growing up, we listened to the radio. They would always shout out the Five Barrels and then skip us and shout out Mount Vernon, you know what I mean? And then New Rochelle after mm-hmm. Brand Nubian came out and Grand Puba and Brand Nubian and them came out. So we like, why they never shout out Yankees? Like we got some talent here, right. you know what I mean? So then fast forward, Mary, mm-hmm. X, ourselves, we was able to put our demographic on the map mm-hmm. and then let people see that. Yonkers is really like a gumbo of the five barrels. It has a little bit of Brooklyn feel to it, a little bit of the Bronx, a little bit of Harlem, a little bit of Queens, a little bit of Long Island, Staten Island. It's like a gumbo of all of them. Drive around, you you see some projects, you see some houses, you see it looks crazy. Mm-hmm. But um, for the most part, is it's like anywhere else. Just 10, 20 minutes from the city that, it, it, it took us to put it out there. Now, Mary people, J. Blige. You been there, though, DMX. Stop. I've been to Yonkers. I sure have. Mm-hmm. I pulled up gotta on get, both. We got to get mm-hmm. Matty B over there. Yes, mm-hmm. sir. Talk about early life and having to hit the streets at 12 to earn money. We all know how that go, but to, to walk with us you know, through your um, teenage years. I was fortunate to have both parents. My family's like a 50-50 split. You know what I mean? Like my dad's side is, they all have college degrees. My mom's side is like more like the Beasley's. 
Some some Scrooge McDuck, they all it's like the criminal side. So I was able to have a balance. Good taste of both lives. You know what I mean? You know, anything I ever did in the street, I didn't really have to do it. You know, everybody got that story. Oh, I came home, it was nothing in the fridge. And salute to those that had to do that. I I, I pretty much was eyeing and just a little mischievous on the upcoming and wanted to earn some of my own money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I sold a few things. I, I dabbled <laughs> in retail. Yeah. That's about it. Though. Retail, wholesale. <laughs> when did you discover rapping? I discovered it maybe like eight, nine years old at a, one of my older G's in the hood, Steve Toon. Um, he lived, his parents, his family lived like one flight up from my grandma's crib. So I was always over my grandmother's crib and then he just grabbed me to his crib one day, started playing some break beats, gave me the mic and like, I'm DJing, you rapping, you know what I mean? So I was just be rapping and I think I really started getting good at it. I snapping on my friends, you know, snapping on people, watching the Jeffersons, looking George, chopping on Mr. Bentley and them. And I, I guess something just clicked in there. Then I was I always loved music, like from Sugar Hill Gang, I think when I graduated, Kenny Garden or pre-K, Kenny Garden going into first grade, one of them, my, my moving up gift was the Sugar Hill vinyl mm. and a little radio. So I think my mom even knew that I, you know, I was like a hip hop lover and just kept me in the field. When did uh, Sheik and Styles P come into your life? Sheik was always in my life. Like I just told you, I used to rap with my OG Steve Toon um, that lived one flight up from my grandma. Sheik's grandma lived one building over from that. So, mm-hmm. and like coincidentally, when his mama dropped him off, my mama, we would always see each other when we was, you know, in the presence of our grandma. And then I started him. I think I bought him upstairs one day, like, yo, look, this what we doing. Mm-hmm. And something clicked in him, and he started rapping. Another coincidence, his mom had moved across town, and my mom moved. So we moved to the same, we ended up living one corner away from each other. Our grandmoms had moved from that demographic across town to 354, which became D-Block Car Wash. And they moved in the same building now. So they, mm-hmm. she lived on the first floor of my grandmother. So it was meant for us to just be be around. And then um, we was experimenting with local DJs in, in YO. Then I think when we got to junior high, high school, we met up with P. And he just got down with us, you know, rapping on the, the lunchroom, banging on the tables, rapping in between periods. We just start clicking up. Uh, Styles had a job at Odd Jobs. We did a heist and stole about 2,000 cassette tapes, <laughs> printed them up. We were selling them in school for like $15. They were selling them. Mm-hmm. That was like our first Bomb Squad tape. That was the name of us back then that we had out there, but it was ringing in YO. And then after that, you know, we just kept evolving. So you guys form a group originally called the Warlocks, uh, a freestyle battle. Uh, in Florida, attracted Rough Riders. Uh, tell us how inspira- uh, inspirational Mary J was to you personally, but the group Real of the I need to meet her, bro, too, I'm, while we talk about it. First, we met, rest in peace to DMX, mm. ex bought Rough Riders to us. Okay. Yeah, that's he bought them to our block in Yonkers. Mm. I'm like, yo, these my little D&Y? Bands. Yeah, he bought DNY straight to the block, hopped out. Shout out DNY. Yeah, shout out to the OGs. Yeah, he bought export DNY to the block to meet us and just made us rhyme and told him, yo, these they going with me. Mm. And that's how that happened. And then, like I told you before, when we started getting better after we were selling the tapes in high school for $15, once we started, you know, we was hustling and then making money to go to the studio to start, you know, trying to prepare a demo. Um, What's crazy about that is Hove was making reasonable doubt in the next room. As we was making our locks demo, Hove was making reasonable doubt in the next room. Did so y'all know him knew, before? I mean, we met him. We were seeing him in the pool hall, in, in the pool area, walking by um, Jazz O. 
we knew Jazzo. He had a mm-hmm. he had production on our demo, mm-hmm. so he kind of like introduced us to Hove. He was able to meet Primo. So um, yeah. Once once we did record the demo and we felt it was good enough, one of our right hand buddies and our entourage is Mary's first cousin, my man Jamarco, J Bop. So it was just a pass off. Mm-hmm. We got the tape to Bop. He gave it to Mary. They happened to be on tour with Jodeci, Mary, Jodeci, Puff, I think Junior Mafia, Bone Thugs, whoever. They said they popped it on on the tour bus. Puff was loving it. Mm. They set up a meeting. MJ called, yo, guys, I love y'all. No strings. I don't want nothing. Uh, Puff, he wants to meet y'all. And then the rest was history. Mm. Love MJ forever. I love Mary too. MJ Biggity. I need to meet her, bro. I love Mary J too. Oh yeah, you you love her. I met her at a Clipper game. If you she meet her, it's like you already know. That's how yeah. that's how much love she gives them. Yeah, it was dope. I had an experience when I played for the Clippers. She used to come to some games, and I remember I was sitting in the front row before the game, tying my shoe, and someone sits down next to me. I don't even know, and I'm doing my shit. I look over. I was like, Oh my god, like that's Mary J Thank right you, next yeah. to the show. She's like, Hi, it's that man. Honored to meet you. Anyway, back to the story. What was it like getting your first record deal? What that feeling was like? Yeah, my first record deal was a a feeling like no other because coming from Yonkers is a is a discouraging place sometimes, like a dark cloud we call it that stays there permanently. Mm-hmm. And um, nobody really believes in you. Nobody really thinks you're gonna make it. That's why they say when you when you when you starting off a business or you doing something, if you can get Earn your love from where you at first, mm-hmm. the rest of the world will be easy. And, and once we felt like that about Yankees, so once we got them to kind of dig us, it wasn't that hard. We were sitting around writing rhymes that we would just want Biggie to hear. Mm-hmm. Like me and Styles and Looch, like, yo, write this rhyme. If we ever meet Biggie, we want to say this rhyme to him. So then getting on Bad Boy, it was like, the best thing in the world that happened to us, we was able to get down with Big, you know, something that was like a dream come true to us. Mm-hmm. We felt like we was on the unstoppable team, but uh, we were still young, still wet behind the ears and still didn't understand the business. And the more that we learned the business and learned about the, you know, the fuckery <laughs> is when, you know, we made that transition. But. Being on Bad Boy was one of the best times in our life. We we had some of the best times. We learned some jewels that we still able to apply to this day to take care of our family. Puff is a special individual that when he when he got love for you, he'll help you out, show you some things. My brother, my brother, uh, I've been with Loon a lot lately. Mm-hmm. And he used to tell me a lot of stories about, about he speak highly of you, but he used to tell me a lot of stories about Bad Boy back in the day when y'all were first starting up. Still. It's crazy. It's like <laughs> it, it had to be like going to one of the best colleges at the best time of the world. Like the parties, this just the rollout was like no other. The money that was being spent in the, the golden era, I called it, is was just crazy. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You touched on obviously aspiring to get your music too big. You get a chance to meet Big, and you and him built a special relationship. Uh, talk to us about your relationship with Big. Like I tell some of the artists that I talk to today that ask me, you know, things about the game. Being able to sit there with Big was priceless. You know what I mean? Being able to be in them studio sessions, being able to be on Life After Death, mm-hmm. which only has a few futures, mm-hmm. a few mm-hmm. features. Is priceless. Um, he took care, took care of the Junior Mafia. He took care of a lot of people. He was very funny dude. He was very, his work ethic was crazy. His energy was beautiful. He's just a good guy, like a good, you know, a good guy that that really shook the game up while he was here, and then after his untimely demise, like um, when that happened to him, that was our first time in L.A. So that was, we like, damn. That was your first time in LA? Yeah, that's our first time there. We in the party. We was actually young and we was a little mad that night. We came over to him on, you know, that last picture that you seen with the cane that had in that, in the party in LA. He like, yo, y'all gotta shake that shit off. Whatever y'all, whatever y'all got with Puff, they handle it back home. Mm-hmm. Here goes Zip, gave us two Don P's. Say, yo, it's my single release, man, and shit. Get your energy right. We we here, man. Let's have some fun. So we went over there, and then that was the last time we talked to him. So, you know, that was crazy. And then we just wanted to use turn, turn a negative to a positive and just represent his legacy forever. Mm-hmm. That's what we still do. What was it like? Obviously, I'm a West Coast guy, California guy, and, you know, Growing up in an era where there was so much back and forth between East and West, you become a bad boy label made with big. When that East and West Coast shit was going on, where was your head at? Was it really like the media tried to make it see? Was it really always this, this, this? Or would it did the media make that more than what it was? I think it's a little bit of everything. Good thing social media wasn't here oh yet, or it would have been even oh worse. Man. But I think I think the media definitely hyped it up. I think some of the higher powers that we don't even know about were involved with that. I think that was just a, a sad, something sad that happened at the right time, which happened to be the wrong time. Right. His big love pop. Mm-hmm. We used to ask him. He spoke, he worshiped down there the ground pot. He used to love pop. Pac used to give him jewels and he would tell us stories for days about Pac. So I knew for a fact that he loved them, genuinely loved them. Right. So when all that stuff happened, it was a little bit crazy to us. And we was, we missed it, kind of. Like, you know, we came a little bit after that. Uh, we started blossoming after that because, you know, Pac never, he didn't know about us like that in the um, outlaws and they never said anything about the locks. Right. Because we came after that. But um just to be there and see that. I think I might have been with Big at a total video, Missing You Remix, the first time he heard Hit Him Up though. Mm. When he got somebody passed it to him and put it in. I think I was there when he first laid airs on that. And and he wasn't even really mad. He was more mad at the stuff they were saying about season Kim opposed to, to the to the song itself. It didn't it didn't ruffle his feathers. He was more upset about what they were saying about his little man and the Queen B. Mm. That's how that's how much he was for the team. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. He wasn't worried about him. Yeah. Ninety-eight, you released your uh solo album with with locks, money, power, and respect. What was that like? Finding uh, finally being on. 
Money, power, respect. It was beautiful. Just to have an album out there on Bad Boy Records, heavy, heavy promotion. Yeah, out the hood. He's able to have DMX featured on there. Little Kim on the hook. That was like a big look for three boys from Yonkers. You know what I mean? He was very grateful. He was able to go on tour, the No Way Out tour. It's one of the best tours I've ever been on in my life. Just the whole experience was priceless. Always. Mm -hmm. You said you learned a lot, but you felt it was time to, to, to leave Bad Boy. What was that experience like? Were you leaving into another situation? You were just, we got to get up out of this, what's, to find out what's next. What was crazy about that whole thing is, like I told you, X brought us to Rough Riders. He was the big dog. Mm -hmm. We was fortunate to get a record deal first. You know what I mean? If we didn't have real love, that could have went all wrong because he could have been like, I put these on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But he wasn't. We we knew it was family style. We threw him on Money, Power, yep. Respect, the single, which is a video, one of the first video that we ever shot in Yonkers. Um, after that, shortly came Get At Me Dog, which led him to get his, his Def Jam deal and let Rough Riders get a label. So while we... Caught the first deal on Bad Boy, Rough Riders was always our manager. Okay. So once the ball started rolling and now they got the label, we couldn't wait to go back over right. there because that was like just oh. going back home. Right. So then with the turmoil on Bad Boy, we like, yo, we got to try to get back to the crib. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with the powers of the Lord and power of Allah, excuse mm -hmm. me. I'm doing And, the, you know, the people, we made it back. How did Puff handle all that, though? Like, from your eyes. I mean, it was a little weak. And me being older now and understanding, you know, and being a businessman, we were a little disgruntled. We were, we was a little radical. But we knew only power we had were the streets. Right. We couldn't go into a litigation war. His money is like people's from Shaft, train smoking. <laughs> so we, we try to go to court. Yeah, we wasn't going to win that, so... We, we we definitely had a meeting and sat down and said, yo, this could go right or left. And if it goes the wrong way, we can be shelved. We could never right. put an album out again. We could, there's a, a, a side to this that can be hor horrible for us. And we, we just rolled the dice and you know what I mean? Fortunately, it worked out. 20 plus le uh, years later, what's that relationship like with you and him personally? He just called me the other day. Oh. That's that's big, bro. Um, I'm glad out of we were able to work it out, right. and and uh, we actually got tighter off that, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. opposed to it being a you know yeah opposed to it going wrong. We actually got tighter. We go to his crib, and we go to we still do tours and shows with him, and hang out with him. As a so the whole group still cool. Yeah, right everybody's yeah. still cool. Yeah. It's still cool. Talk to us uh, about your relationship with X. Rest in peace, dog. Mm -hmm. The dog was just different, man. The dog was different. Dog would come through and get out and go to the liquor store and, and sit there and, and miss a whole movie set or something just off the, off the love. Like, <laughs> his love. Whoever met the dog, if you ever got a chance to meet him, you felt like you knew him. The same like Mary. Him and Mary got a similar persona after you meet him. Like, you, you felt like you know him. And that's just how the dog was. He was, he didn't care about money. He didn't care about fame. He just cared about genuine love. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, uh, I said this yesterday when we had Joe on the show. I got a, um, I was a big time DMX fan. I got a tattoo of something he said on me. My life ain't long. I thank God my last breath so my life ain't wrong. Mm -hmm. And I was able to meet him two weeks before he died at Icebox in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Didn't get a chance to really tell him what I wanted to say, but yeah. you know what I'm saying? I was I was starstruck when I saw him. Nah, you know what I'm saying? But I got a chance to meet him and just feel the energy, man. He, he's definitely a legend, gonna be missed, man. Definitely. Rest in peace. What was the turning point for you after experience, group success, with folks you came up with? What made the decision to to jump to solo and give that a shot? Was this decision all y'all made at one time to do solo projects or? Uh-uh. Cause she she didn't never really plan on doing one. Mm -hmm. um, it's like the people forced him and like, yo, you got to do this. And he's like, all right, you know what I mean? But me, I think they had it in the works early. Um, once Rough Riders got the label and we, we had got off Bad Boy, then we was on Interscope Records. I think 
the E&Y, Steve Stout and them always had it in the plan to, to uh, uh, do a Jadakiss solo. Back then we was what we used to be extra cool. You know, we still we don't, we signed the Rock Nation now as management, but mm -hmm. back then we was double law and the rock was really controlling everything. And I used to be messing with Dame, like, yo, let me get a solo deal over there. Mm -hmm. He used to be like, yo, right, whenever you're ready, just come by. And D and them would be like, yo, stop saying that by accident. <laughs> <laughs> yo, we all family, man. Yeah. Talk to us about I mean, it's interesting. I mean, it's in the it's in the news right now. The unfortunate situation with Dame and Jay has kind of translated to this, and Dame wants to sell this. But what back then? What was that it energy got like? Did it? Dame won. Oh, did he really? Yeah, Dame won. What was the energy like back then? See, I don't really like to see none of that. Right. Yeah. I mean, like you know, what I mean, I didn't share sweaters or come up with them from the clubhouse, but I did. I was around when they right. were super tight, mm -hmm. when, they, when everything was lovely. The dynamic duo. You know what I mean, when, yeah. So, you know, that's just something I like to stay away from. But I, it was I actually think, a trio, though. Yeah, the trio. Big. Dame, yeah. Hoffa, and Hope. Yeah. You mm know -hmm. so, I mean? But, you know, that's a that's a story that we nobody will ever know unless you sit down with all of them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And when. When the media likes to give you their side of it, my best thing is to stay out of it because, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, I got love for all That's fam. Respect That's between fam. Yeah, respect it. Debut, uh, debut album, Kiss the Game Goodbye. I remember that was my man, second year in college. God. Went hard. What was it like? I mean, you came out the gates with, you know, just, a, 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 you know, strong producers, you know, features from X, Eve, Snoop, Nas, work with Swiss. Like I told you, that was the golden era. Blow a bag. They just, I think that that album, we made it, we recorded in the South Beach. I think it was in one of Al Capone's old cribs. The energy was right. Uh, yeah, we down there for a few months recording, just living, blowing money. Then I got a nice percentage of the album done. Came back to New York for maybe a week. Then we went to LA. I finished it up in LA. Had crazy promotion. The promotion was out of this world for that album. It was just a golden era. They, they, Jimmy wasn't telling me no. <laughs> D and Y wasn't telling me no. It was just yes to every. Every budget was getting approved, allotted. It was. It's like they was doing PPP loans back then. <laughs> <laughs> everything was greenlit. Yeah, everything was greenlit. Yeah. Uh, 2004, your second album, Kiss, uh, Kiss of Death. Uh, it reaches number one on the Billboard Top 200. What was it like being number one? That felt great. That was so like Mama that era. Yeah. That um, era was heavy. Yes. You know, back then, and I think it was a fourth quarter release when back then only the fourth, you know, you had to be All a the heavy hitters. You had to be a juggernaut to release in the fourth quarter. So I was really thankful. I was really tooting my horn. I really felt like I made my entrance into the game, even though I still never... Got that just do like like Matt mm -hmm. said like the the solidification that I'm supposed to mm -hmm. have, but I think that Kiss of Death album um I got nominated for a Grammy with Why, uh, it was just that was very successful. That was like my baby. That's like my baby out of all my albums. Why was the game changer? Yeah, talk to us about Why, how that came together working with Anthony Hamilton. I think the song Why was in my brain maybe nine to six months before I ever even thought about making it a song. Just them questions. I just used to always have wild questions and like, yo, what do I make a song called Why? I wonder if people want to know these same questions that keep coming in my brain. Then um, something else people don't know. Havoc produced Why mm -hmm. from Mob D. Mm -hmm. I don't need, that sound like far left from Havoc production, but he had sent me a beat pack and I got that. I'm like, yo, I think this is the track Rest in peace, Ice Pick. I'm like, Pick, I think this is the track for why. And he's like, yeah, just try it. So then, you know what I mean? I laid in, had to start thinking of some questions that the whole world would, I would think, would have some similarities and want to know. Got Anthony Hamilton on the hook. No, the rest was history. In the, in the song, you have a line about George uh, Bush planning the 9-11 uh, attacks. How did you handle the controversy that, that came with a real question that a lot of people wanted to know, but you had the courage to put it on there. We sat down and thought about that carefully, and we like, yo, maybe it won't reach them, but if it does, 
that means this Doing song so. is hella successful. Right. Yeah, so once we start getting letters yeah. and emails from yeah. the White House and Bill O'Reilly made it a whole segment of, like, yo, we did it. But just be careful now, right. homie. You gotta ride clean and you gotta move <laughs> easy. He reached the radar. Yeah. And um, it, it was good though. You've been at Bad Boy Rough Riders. What made you sign with Jay-Z label Rockefeller Records? We're managed by Rock Nation and just the management. Yeah, just yeah. manage. He was also the president of Def Jam for a while when I first went over there. That's what got me over there, actually. Mm -hmm. Over is a good guy that, that keeps it under the, he stay low with it, but his heart is huge. He can't help anybody out. I mean, at least for the, at least for the most part on my part. Yeah, you know I mean? he's a good businessman, too. I never too. had to really ask him for nothing serious, but I know he's like an ace in the hole if I ever really needed. Mm -hmm. Something life changing, you know what I mean? He he does stuff and he looks for no accolades. He's not trying to set up a press conference to talk about the things that he does. And I right. think it's hard to find individuals like that. Everybody wants the credit for mm -hmm. helping somebody, or everybody wants to look what I did over here. And right. He ain't on that type of time, and I just think that's special to come from the ground. You yeah. know what I mean, from the be from the dirt and be able to rub shoulders with the people he's able to, the rooms he's able to get in now mm -hmm. and not change is a, is a beautiful thing. Fourth album, Top Five Dead or Alive, you were able to release that under the D-Block records. What was it like being able to release under D-Block? Your shit. I think the ultimate goal at the end of the day is to have some ownership, you know, to work for yourself. You know, y'all relate to that, you know, with the owners and being players. I'm always for the player. I'm always for the artist. We, there's a lot of times these labels, these executives, these bigger entities, they make more of us, off us than we do. Yeah. So it's cool when somebody gives you opportunity to, you know, change your life financially. But after a while, you want to be more on the ownership side than just the worker or you want to become a partner. Yeah. So, you know. We was able to work things out with Rough Riders, and that's a vision that we always had and the work for ourselves, and that's what it is. Uh, you've had an opportunity to work with some of the best in the game. You know, what has it been like collabing with some of the, the young, bright minds, and, you know, now that you're an OG, looking back on it? Well-respected in the game, mm, of, course. of course. I think collaborations and working with all the artists is something that's missing. In the music industry right now, that, that we came up off that. You love hearing them symphonies in house and different ones. You know what I mean? From the symphony with Molly Maul and them, from the scenario, any any of them type of songs. Self destruction with self -destruction. everybody. Self yeah, yeah, them, yeah. Those were those were the joints back then. Then I guess once the the finances change and dudes start getting money, they start getting a little selfish and they end up. It hurts the culture, mm -hmm. opposed to you just thinking, yo, we just hot over here, we don't need to work with that. The, the fans want to hear mm -hmm. different varieties and different, you know what I mean, different things together. And it, it makes some beautiful art. Music is art at the end of the day, so you need to do what, what, you, what comes from your art. Mm -hmm. One of my bucket list collabs is to do a song with Stevie Wonder and Andre 3000. Mm -hmm. I mean, three stacks got the same birthday, so I'm taking oh, the song. That'll be crazy. Like, mm -hmm. Called birthday or some, you know, something crazy. Stevie, Stevie singing his ass yeah, off too. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my bucket list. That'd be dope. Stacks agreed to do it. Now we just got to reach out to Stevie. Yeah, you and Stacks, that's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be dope. Uh, Sixteen, you come back together after a sixteen-year hiatus with the Locks and come out with uh, Filthy America. It's beautiful. What was it like re reuniting with your people? Although I'm sure you guys stayed close, but back on 16 the years? Yeah, that, it went I mean, that long? It, it's crazy because once we started doing solo stuff, we like, yo, we're going to do a solo album each or something. We're going to get back. right back to it. And <laughs> that turned into 16 years yeah. later. You yeah. just start doing tours. You start having kids. You start... Life doing yeah, and then you and we always have this group meeting and board meetings. Yo, we gonna do it? You do it? Never do it. <laughs> when we dropped the Filthy America, it's just like we we happen to be in the studio a lot at a certain time, and we just like yo, we gotta drop some an EP song, and we dropped it. 
know what I mean? But we never, we, we was always together That's all the time. Yes, we yeah, always yeah. owned the studio. We always see each other a few times a week. We never, you know what I mean? We, we real big on keeping the bond tight. That's what gonna separate us from every other group. No um, social media slippage, no body's Twitter got hacked. No, I'm never gonna come on a platform like this and throw my brothers under the bus or right. anything remotely close to that, so. That's well, that's one thing I can say about y'all, like minimal beefs, if, if, if one or two, but can't just- Can't find one. Can't find one, I you mean know amongst saying? each other. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah you know what I'm saying? One. That's I'm talking about minimal beefs outside of the locks, but I'm talking about even with y'all. Y'all one group that even though y'all took hiatus, hiatuses, y'all always stayed firm, stayed supporting each other, and stayed together. And that's that's what a lot of people should, 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 should respect in the game. Because, you know, like you said, when money come, you know, you, you look at the hot boys. You know what I'm saying? Different things happen where they separate. You know, a lot, a lot of stuff can happen when money's involved, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And, and y'all, how y'all stay together with all y'all different personalities, that says a lot about how y'all brotherhood. Mm -hmm. When we first signed our first deal, we we made an oath that we would let no music industry or none of that type of stuff intertwine in what we already build and keep it tight and keep it family style forever. Friday on Elm Street. Mm. Uh, to me, Fab is right there with you as far as not getting the just due and the credit. Uh, that y'all have put in, man, that y'all put into this My game. My brother, Spizzle. How did that, uh, how did that idea come about? Um, we was, it was- Called Spizzle? Yeah, that's his nickname. <laughs> we was doing a, um, we was, he was doing these Friday night mixtape joints with Clue, like these freestyles he was dropping every Friday night. They was super dope. I'm like, yo, I gotta get in on that. But I, I wanted to find my own thing, so. I call Envy and say, yo, I'm gonna drop some shits on Friday morning. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Then it became like everybody be waiting right. on Friday morning, then right. they'd be waiting Friday night. So we had the city in a little frenzy. Mm -hmm. um, we happened to be in the office or somewhere. He like, yo, I got this idea. Let's do this Freddie and Jason joint. Like, yeah, let's go to the label. Let's get some money off it. And, you know, let's do some merch, let's do a little tour. Let's make, a, make it a, an event. And we did it. Um, it was cool. It was cool too. I got, you know, I got real tighter. Me and him got closer off that. Just going through some life issues besides doing the music. You know what I mean? That's my little bro. Mm -hmm. We we gonna do another one too. That shit was dope. What's it like working with someone like that though? We just, you know, it's 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 not your group. It's not your solo. It's you know one of the homies, but you guys go in and, and, and knock an album out together to, to push each to other. You definitely got to be able to understand them. You definitely got to be able to vibe. You you definitely have to be like minded to a certain extent. He's the freshest in the game. Yeah, he coming. We going to do. He come to the studio like we going on stage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he so is. He got no. He, that's the only thing I hated doing that album was going shopping with him. He, you can't stop, dog. Yeah. You want to, every day, me, your dog. Yeah. Do we got to do this every day? <laughs> That's fair. He got to go every day and find some incredible shit. So, but other than that, it was beautiful. But you got to be able to be around somebody to work with. Mm -hmm. like we did some in my studio. We did some in his studio. Flew to Miami and did some songs. Yeah. But if you can't be around somebody, you, you ain't going to be able to create. In this game, you run across beefs. Jack, Jack spoke that you know, guys never had no internal beef, but uh, you were part of a song with Ja Rule, uh, New York, uh, and that caused a stir. What a song. What a song. He, he had a stir with Ja, got you into it, and it turned into a, a little beef with y'all. Talk to us about that. Was that 90s-ish? Was that its own little thing? What was that yeah, like? I mean, I think it was a, a, a little bit of all of that. I think Fifth was using his marketing because I don't really think I'd join forces with Ja. Right. Like, of course, we know about Ja and Irvin, Cash Money Click and Murder Inc. We started out together, damn near. So we have a relationship. Mm -hmm. And um, I think Fifth just used that to, as a marketing tool to, to, to do what he was doing at the time. Because of, when I heard the song, it was nothing. The song was a good song. It was representing in New York. Um, Cracks was being on, being featured on it also. So I thought it was mm -hmm. just a good look for New York. That I think Fifth was, 
I didn't even care. It wasn't like, you know, I didn't have to ask his permission to do the song, but I didn't think it was going ruffle his feathers like that either. But like I said, he's a smart businessman mm-hmm. and a hell of a marketer, so he was able to do what he did with. Y'all went back and forth with a couple different songs, though. Was it was it competitive nature, is it? Was it on some, what, what yeah, was that for energy me, like? For me, for me, the Beanie, when I went at it with I Beanie, that, them, one. that one was more personal for me because it felt like, it felt, I felt tighter. I didn't, I didn't know Fifth when he said whatever he said. But it was a little bit, it seemed a little weird because before that, he got a song where he's saying all the other hardens that come from Yankees. Yeah. So it's like, what are you? Contradicting yourself. Yeah, contradicting yourself a little bit. So I knew from that, we knew that it wasn't really like serious. It was it wasn't that internal because we knew that he was he was checking for us for even saying that in one of his songs like that. You guys later performed uh, at This Is 50 Festival in 09. Obviously, this this the shit is resolved, you know, G Unit. Um, what was that like though, actually working with them after? It was in. cool. It was cool. Like I said, it wasn't a. We knew once it, once we ever sat down and talked like men and ironed it out, it was gonna be a short, brief thing because it wasn't no internal. There was no nucleus there. It wasn't like something we ain't, we ain't from the same hood. We don't know the same. You know, we know some of the same people, but it wasn't like one of them old grudge that needed to be. Resolved, right. you know what I mean? Well, um, per se, like him and Jaws, whatever they had, they it's still that's, going. That's a different, that's a whole different thing, and right. this was nothing even remotely close to that. So. The, the beef with Bean, the, the 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 rap beef with uh, Beanie Siegel and I enjoyed because nobody got hurt, but just the power and the lyrics. It was intense, mm-hmm. it man. Was it was intense. it was real, bro. It was intense. You know what I'm saying? It's it like intense. the best of the best going ball for ball. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I I, I can't lie, bro. I enjoyed that. I'm, I'm glad it. You know, nobody got hurt in it, but. The song for song, like you was waiting for the reply. You was waiting for those replies, bro. And that hip hop needed that at the time. I, I can't lie, hip hop needed that at the time, bro. Everybody needed it. I never, it. it was, see, that's that's another thing. Like now, is it's not much of that because it will get overpowered by trolling, yep. and tweets, and Instagram, yeah, comedic Bullsh- videos. Opposed to back then, you just had to go to the studio and load up. And they send the shot, you send the shot, and yeah, then go like that. that. But now it's so much other things to overpower the music. You can just do content and and grasp the people like that. So it it took away from that part of the competitive nature of the music because ever since Kumo D and LL, since since you can go back, there's always been a light feud in hip hop that keeps the culture of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Everybody can get involved with nobody getting hurt or no, you know what I mean? These days it won't just stay in the studio. Yeah, it won't, it'll, it'll go outside and that's bad for the culture. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, we spoke before the show, but you got a big versus coming up uh, at the garden. I wish we could be there because I know it's going to be a movie. Man, Damn, I dope. wish I could be there. I ain't seen Styles P this hype in a long time. Yeah, P, P, and, P and Jimmy is on a, they doing the 24-hour, 24-7, a great rendition of it. They're doing, they're, doing, they're, they're selling this thing at the top of the line here. Shout out yeah. Jimmy. Shout out Jimmy. I talked to Jimmy and Fab yesterday. But talk about how that came about and, and, and the fact that you guys are going to be in Madison Square Garden with a live audience going back and forth with your brother? Well, first things first, we going on tour in okay. September, Locks and Dipset. What? So oh, I think okay. that's what that's the that's what people don't know. We um we had a we had a we had a pre-show of the tour July 3rd in Norfolk, Virginia. It was great. It was sold out. It was great. And then I think the talk started happening. I think Tim and Swiss seen that and they like, "Yo, this would be good for Versus no, only a couple groups went and it was R&B group. So right. for New York, it was able to get the garden. It's just a big thing. And then that's going to help the tour because we're going on tour the next few weeks right after Versus. So it's, it's, all, a, it's, all, it's all good for the culture. It's good for hip hop. Locks and Dipset has always been New York groups on the, on the top level of rap. So You got to hit me when y'all it. come to Atlanta. Definitely. Yeah, yeah I got to pull up to that. Definitely. Do you, how do you feel about uh, uh, the versus matchup you had with uh, Fab? What's his nickname again? What you call him? Spears. Spears, yeah. Um, 
It was dope. It was that was more like a because we we talked about it a few times. They they really asked us that we want to do it. That wasn't like the fight promoters how they doing the mm-hmm. rest of them. They right. like yo, you want to go up there with your brother and represent your catalog. But then the media and the boroughs and your demographics and entourage is always going to put that who's going to win and this and that. So you got to deal with that part of it. Right. Which I'm cool with. You know what I mean? I've always been the underdog, so I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a hashtag in the meme of a Jada Drunk that, that, that went viral Man, for a little nice bit. Man, nice piece of change off that. Yeah, that talk to us about Jada the Drunkism. Um, <laughs> By the way, people, my friends and loved ones and family, they always saw that side. It was just the, with the camera on, the, right. the world never saw. I was just in regular form. That seen me like yeah, that in the yeah, school. I, yeah. I was regular Jada to people that know me. Yep. It was just a shock to, to those that have never seen me have a sip <laughs> and, 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 and loosen up a little. But right. it, was, it was definitely... The calls that came the next day, movie scripts and liquor endorsements and all type no. of wild shit. And, Hell yeah. You know what I mean? But I sold some merch, sold a nice amount of merch off that. Um, it was dope. Made it beneficial. Going into that, is everything kind of planned out? You know, bam, 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 what song going to play? Or are you feeling his energy and switching shit out? Like, how do you pick what you're going to perform? You put a staff together. I got my son over there. I use my son. I use Poobs, which is like the Phil Jackson, the D block. We use our DJ. We use ourselves. We go to the hood, ask the youngins. Just we try to get a whole. We get a bunch of lists from everybody. We narrow them down. We narrow them down some more. We do some more overthinking. We put a put a stash list over there, you put a list that they might try to come with from over there, and then you put your strategy together, you know, 24 hours before that. But doing that, from whenever they say it, it helps it out tremendously. I definitely was prepped. A lot of dudes don't prep, like, you know what I mean? I think preparation is everything, whether it's a celebration, a real war, Whatever it is, shoot around the you real game, the right. preparation got to be the same for when, I mean. I mean, we're in 2021 right now. What do you miss from what you call the golden era? The it's 90s? the freedom. Um, I miss the privacy. Mm. You know what I mean? Everything that happened then was just in here. Yeah. Nobody, you can go everywhere, no bunch of phones in your face, bunch of, no, I mean, you don't have to worry about that. I miss the collabos that we were just talking about, the symphony type of songs. I miss that they don't appreciate an album that's prepared on top of the stove opposed to a microwave right. project. Right. You know what I mean? And that's due to the money that that the executive, that they miss not getting with the whole digital wave. So now they playing catch up and we got to get the short end of the stick because of some business that they fucked up. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it off? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. 
Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Podcasting. Uh, you did some work with Kenyon Martin. Okay, Mark. Um, you know, you off air, you spoke about getting possibly your own space. What was that experience like? And, and are you going to try to get your own podcast? Yeah, shout out to Kmart. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was dope. It was a little, it was a little rough because we wasn't able to be on location mm-hmm. with each other. So sometimes you get some problems with the internet. You get mm-hmm. some things going crazy. But for the most part, it was dope. I got a lot of great feedback. I love talking about sports. You know, um, you know what they say: sports dudes and and entertainers mm-hmm. they 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 go hand in glove mm-hmm. with each other. So. Um, you know, I played sports in high school, little league coming up, so I could talk sports all day. I, I'd rather I'd rather talk sports than music. Right. Just the experience of, of of letting people see another side of you and being able to engage with the people, I think it's dope. Being an athlete coming up, what were who were some of the teams and, and players you admired growing up and still check for these days? I love Magic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. I love Magic. I was a point guard. I loved his passes. I love watching Bird. Then just just basketball in general. Watching y'all guys come up. I've been around when I was I was in a party with you when you was on the Sixers. Yeah, yeah. I was watching Stat on um, Oak Hill. I'm a I, I I'm a real fan of basketball yeah. and sports in general, more so basketball and football, but. I really know stuff about y'all that y'all probably like, how the hell? You know what I mean? I really look into it. I'm really We didn't have the like type that. of conversation. You know what I mean? See, so, yeah. I think it's dope because I was such a big fan of you. I even told you that night and it's crazy because I didn't even know if you remember meeting me. This is like, oh, three. And I wasn't even, I got traded with Webb to fucking Philly. So all I was doing was getting high and going yeah, out. Yeah, I remember, I remember. So I I've been in, yeah. But I ran into JD Kiss and I don't really ever get starstruck, but I ran into bro. I'm like, oh shit, that's JD Kiss. Like that shit was exciting to me, you know what I mean? Yeah, I've been watching you since UCLA, man. I've been been on you. I've been on both of you. Let me ask you this, though. How did the AI commercial come about? That shit was hard. That is the one that, when actually, that Sports. broke the. Yeah. You see, that's another thing I that, don't get that, credit that for. I was one of the first. Nah, that's, that's one of the first break the internet. sport spots that. Went crazy. That, that really connected, connected rap and basketball. Hip-hop and yeah. basketball. Yeah, yeah, they accepted it. They broke the, you know what I mean? Stern had to loosen up for that and like, yo, uh, this is a good, this is good. What you don't know is the reason why it was big was because as players, like, okay, AI already showed us that we could be who we are and not have to change nothing. Mm-hmm. But now he, he didn't brought one of our favorite rappers mm-hmm. that's speaking for us in the game and brought him to our world. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's why that commercial was so big and it still resonates today. That uh, I think I met I had met him early, cause like I said, I was we we used to sit around and watch Georgetown games, the whole crew, and just go crazy. So once I was able to meet him after he got drafted, he just embraced me like a bro, like yo, I love you. He's like I love you and Redman, this that. You know what I'm saying? So then I always kept a relationship with him. Um, Steve Stout had something going on with Reebok at the time. And they when they gave him his deal, and it was they was looking to do a, a ad. Uh, the track masters they called me over to come in the studio and listen to this track. It was it was dope because it was a bass line, and the, the whole track was made up of the screeching of the sneakers, and mm-hmm. they that put it fire. together. Fire! I'm like, this is fire! And they're like, yo, you want to do it? It's going to fire. And I was. Hell yeah. <laughs> I want to do it. What kind of question is that? We Jaden, had, AI. You know what I mean? Um, we knocked it out. We was able to do one or two of them. So 
It was it was dope. It was it was uh, I knew it was hitting. They was playing it inside parties and right, clubs. Yeah. I'm oh, like, yeah. yeah, they playing the spot it's in the club. It's right. crazy. All right, man. Quick hitters. We're coming to the end. Uh, first thing to come to mind. Let us know. Uh, top five NY rappers. NY rappers. Mm-hmm. Top five. I'm not included, right? Mm-hmm. You could be. Yeah. You don't nah, have to I don't, be. I ain't yeah. gonna include myself. Rest in peace to the dog. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, B.I.G. Mm-hmm. Baby, baby. Hove. Nas. I don't know what Nas does. Nas just gets money. Snaps P. Snaps P. I'm sorry. I like, it. I like it. If you could be remembered for one bar of yours, what would it be? From New York line, though. It's a compliment. I'm not cocky, I'm confident. Mm. I'm not cocky, I'm confident. They tell me I'm the best, it's a compliment. Yeah. Mm. Mm. All right. Who's your starting four? You'd be the fifth if you were going to play a pickup blacktop game. Where am I drafted from? It? Anybody? It could be street legends, it could be NBA hoopers, yeah. it could be the homies, oh it could my be God. going to the blacktop. You're yeah. giving me plus four? Yeah. yeah. Remember, you might have to fight out there. Holy shit. Me plus four, let That's- me get. Watch this four I put together. You never <laughs> would. Let me get Daryl Dawkins. Daryl Dawkins. Big, strong <laughs> motherfucker. I need Kareem. Yeah. Two more. Let me get MJ and Sam Perkins. <laughs> Sam Perkins. That last dude. That's the craziest five hours. Sam Perkins. Oh, man. That's One funny. NBA game in history you, you could, you, we wish you could have been at. The fight. You was on the, the, the bra. Yeah, <laughs> I wish I wish I could have been at the bra. No. Uh, I probably asked him every question you got asked about. In the studio, I spent for sure. hours asking you about. We that. was in the studio, hella blunts, just talking about basketball and the bra and all kinds of stuff. I remember that too, right mm-hmm. there in Yonkers. Mm-hmm. Can't mm-hmm. people say they've been in Yonkers. That's either. a fact. Top five New York movies. King in New York. Yeah. Classic. Frank White. B Street. Mm. That's a good one. I forgot, I forgot about B Street. Crush Groove. Mm. That's a good one. I wasn't thinking that one. None. I knew Jack City. I'm just saying, Ooh. that's classic, bro. Yeah, you know, it is. You got to throw that on there. <laughs> and then, um, got to keep it all the way. Go back to the beginning, man. Wow style. Wow style. <laughs> no, I ain't heard that movie in a long wow time. Wow style. The Damn. quality on it is, looks crazy. It looked like they shot it with a Nokia. Uh, but a flip phone. It looked ball. like they shot it with a... If you could have one guess on All the Smoke, who would it be? But remember, when you pull your answer to question, you got to realize you got to help us with your answer. Oh. Shit. So next time you get next to Hove, Tell him Stack and Matt need him on the show. And Man. we'll come to wherever we'll go he anywhere. at. Say no wherever more. he at, we gonna anywhere. pull up. I might stop him. by the office after this. Yeah. And go get on. Yeah, appreciate it. That'll be big for us, but we'll, we'll definitely right. be in debt to you for that one. Well, man, that's a wrap. JD Kiss. My brothers. Appreciate you, baby. My boy. You Long know that. time overdue. Family. All the smoke, you can catch us on Showtime, basketball, YouTube, and the iHeart platform, Black Effects. <laughs> I can't do it. There it is. Yeah. See y'all next week. Yeah. This is All a Smoke, a production of The Black Effect and iHeartRadio in partnership with Showtime. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.